Okay, we had pretty good smoke coming out of the eaves and the uh, roof. We have that under control. We're on check for right now. Primary circle, please, 1141. Okay, command's clear. Two separate garages. That apartment up in the front. Give me a secondary. If you believe that communication is the key to success, well, then you've downloaded the right show. Attention all Marion County Fire Units and Stations. Authority of Public Safety Communications. All stations go to Day Watch. Hey, thanks everybody for downloading the Day Watch podcast. I've got a very special guest in the office today. Tim Gallagher is with us. Uh, Tim has been around. Tim is a retired firefighter from Wayne Township and is also currently very active with Wayne Township's peer support program and our local, the uh, local 416's peer support program. Tim, welcome. Hello, Eric. Uh, thanks for having me in today. As you said, I am uh, retired here from the wonderful Wayne Township. I was 18 glorious, glorious years. Most of that time spent at the uh, fantastic Ladder 84. Now I am uh, the peer support coordinator for Wayne Township. And overall, I am the uh, local 416 peer support secretary. So uh, that's my overall role with uh, peer support. So Well, it's great to have you, Tim. It's great to have you. Let's get to know you a little better. Where, right. are, you, where, where are you from? Where are you born? Uh, I'm a, a local guy here, uh, born and raised on the east side of Indianapolis. Went to school at uh, Sassina Memorial. Spent one uh, year at Indiana State. Found that college was not going to be my way to go. Uh, came back, uh, went to work until I could get on the fire department. And then I, that's, uh, as, as they say, that's the way it went. So Before Wayne Township, what was the what was the career path? So I started off in dispatch of all places. I did three years at dispatch. While I was at dispatch, I started... It, in the fire service itself as a paid standby guy there at Franklin Township. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a year at Franklin Township before I got hired on uh, here at Wayne. For those that haven't been around for a very long time, there was a Franklin Township at one time that is now incorporated to the city of Indianapolis under consolidation. Uh, there's only three of us left, Wayne Township, Pike Township, and Decatur Township here in Marion County. And for those of you that are out of our system, extremely confusing. We're not going to get into that uh, right. during this program. Right. But uh, at the time, we had the city of Indianapolis or Center Township and then all the other surrounding townships. And those were opportunities for a lot of us, and that's how most of us got started. So you started in dispatch. Correct. Uh, and a little part-time uh, combination work at Franklin Township. What made you say Wayne versus somewhere else? Well, it was one of those cases where, you know, like a lot of us, you just start applying. And then uh, once the first fish hits, uh, you jump on it. When uh, Wayne, we started here as as that career department and a lot of us got hired at the same time. We were about the same age. And I was just fortunate enough to get in with some really young guys, my same age, same kind of family situation. And Mm -hmm. we just had a great time. And and coming to shift was just a fantastic deal. 24 hours with a group of people over and over again every third day. You, you quite literally spend a third of your life with a whole other family. And like families, we, we love each other and we hate each other at the same time. Oh, we yeah. fight each other. We <laughs> defend each other, ruthlessly defend each other when the time comes. Right, yeah. The brother and sisters, uh, you know, you fight like brothers and sisters, and that is absolutely the case. So you have that fun and that fight. So it is, it is a great time. It, you know, nothing can be said about that. So You were part of an IFD recruit class, if I remember that right. That is correct. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to be, uh, when I got hired, I was about nine months behind you guys. Mm-hmm. They inserted me into the IFD. IFD recruit class of 72. That class was fantastic. Me and another guy from uh, Wayne, uh, Curtis Walters, uh, were put into that class. 
uh, made okay. a lot of great friends with that IFD recruit school. And then, you know, we, we went to that class, he came back here, went back to shift and, you know, did, did our time and had a great time while we were here. So, you know, by going through that IFD recruit school, I was able to meet a lot of great friends that are, I'm still friends with now that are just just as much family now as, you know, as my Wayne brothers and sisters. I have a group of people that I came on with and they're still, you know, friends today. Uh, We've lost a lot of them uh, through attrition. We've lost a lot, unfortunately, through through, uh, death. And we've lost a lot of them from from things that, you know, we're going to transition here into this peer support. If that program would have been around, may have had a a better opportunity to get some of these people some help. Uh, Absolutely. Right, right. Absolutely. So So, bringing that up, how did you get started in the peer support stuff? So uh, peer support through various kind of avenues, my own vehicle, right? I, I got started with kind of helping out or I went through some uh, therapy myself. I got injured. I was actually here at headquarters. Chief Duncan actually approached me about uh, working with the program um, when I was here on light duty. That's how I kind of got started with that. Thank you, Chief Duncan, for, you know, for that. That was almost five to six years ago now uh, for that. Prior to that, I'd, you know, kind of worked a little bit around it. We had had a, a CISM program kind of in place here really was not well utilized. But after that, I kind of really uh, jumped both feet into into the programming. You know, it was just a necessary thing. We had had, uh, if you, Eric, will recall, we had a lot of people were really struggling at that time. Oh, yeah. We really had some issues here. So to find a need, find a need, fill a need, I guess, is a, a thing that we, we kind of preach, you know, for the fire service, you know, find something that you can do and help out. And, and that's really kind of what we're after. So I took some training. I was fortunate enough uh, to be sent to a Illinois Pierce support program training class got involved here with dr robert smith let's talk about that illinois training program oh, sure. was yep. that is that unique for the indianapolis or for the peer support program as far as the like a national so program? yeah so illinois program is a, a national program i found it online and it was recommended to me by uh, actually by brandon dryman who runs the indianapolis program i kind of got involved with him early on and and brandon is brandon dryman who runs the indianapolis program with chief doug Doug Abernathy, those are guys are my mentors. So from their recommendation, you know, I jumped into that program. That was like the first available training class that I could find. You know, I, I jumped on the chance, went to that training, did that training, came back here, and then just started pursuing the training opportunities that I could and kind of took it from there. And, and, you know, I've just tried to develop the peer as, or the peer team as best I could, you know, worked here through our peer program. We had some transitions, you know, along the way. Uh, I stepped away for a little bit uh, from the Wayne program, continued with the local side. We've really, with uh, Brandon and uh, Chief Abernathy, we have developed this, the local program with the, the you know, the clinical direction of Dr. Robert Smith. Our local program has really taken off. Uh, You know, I want to really give a lot of praise to the executive board and President Harris, Vice President Whiteley. Without their support, you know, I I don't know where we'd be, but that board and that leadership has really allowed that peer support program to take off and to really allow us to do, to follow the mission that we're after. So I think it's, it's important for folks to understand, especially the firefighters, that the local is much more than just a body that will protect you in the event of uh, someone maybe trying to do you wrong or not following the rules properly. Or Absolutely. in my case, they're not just a, an avenue to get some, a bunch of golf outings because right. I, I do take advantage of that. Right, right. Uh, the local is and has always been, at least in my experiences, my 22 years with the local, uh, has always been constantly searching for a better way to make us healthier, to make us stronger, to make us more beneficial to the community. It is a well-organized program. 
and they lean heavily on the international for a lot of these suggestions and ideas. Does the international offer a program that we could all jump on board with uh, right. for peer support? Yeah, so the international not only offers the uh, Center for Excellence, but their peer support model that they, they provide and the training that the international provides, it all trickles down to the local level. And then we try to expand on it as much as possible. And that's, you know, really key for what our local peer support program does. And so uh, for, uh, and I'll touch on what our peer support program at the local level does. We kind of do two things. So what the peer support program at the local level does is we do not only take care of the the nine teams that are around the county, right? So we are the umbrella group that kind of manages the resources. And what I mean by manages the resources is that we go out and we vet all these clinicians that come around. We go to these facilities on a national level. We go to Utah, we go to Maryland, we go to Florida, we go to California. And we're, we're looking at these places for the membership because if I'm going to send somebody to one of these places, I want to make sure that our people are well taken care of. I'm not just going to send you blindly to someplace that I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to send you someplace that we haven't put boots on the ground and seen what these places actually look like before you go out there and take a look at it. So, so I've been there. Brandon have been there. Hank has been there. Shannon has been there. Somebody's been there, or Chief Abernathy's been there. Somebody's been there to see it firsthand to make sure that this place is an acceptable place for you to go to. So we're not only doing that, but we're checking these places to make sure that they're good for you, they're good for your family, they're a good resource for us, you know, that kind of thing. Now, the places you're talking about are, are truly inpatient therapy or inpatient that, uh, yeah, that is uh, access, right? You're, you're, when we, if we send someone out to, like, for example, the Maryland facility, they're going out for in-depth inpatient care that is for whatever, yep, their, that whatever is the situation yep. is. That so is you, correct. These are inpatient facilities where they're taking residential treatment and, and they're staying there for, you know, a period of... 15, 30, 45, 60, 90 days, whatever it takes to get our brother or sister back to a state where they can come back to us and then we can help them further because their treatment doesn't end once they come back here. Right. Then, then it's up to us to get them to that next step, that next, that IOP or that PHP here in town and then to continue their treatment. So so that's the second step that we're due for our local or at the local level is then we're, we're helping with that, that next part of that peer support where we're helping you with, you know, you reach out to us and we are. So if you don't want to reach out to somebody on your team because the, you're the confidentiality side of it, right? So you, yeah, that's you, a that's a big deal. Absolutely. Not to interrupt you, but confidentiality. People, that's the first thing everybody says, and sometimes that's a factor of leadership. Yeah, we all we've all had that boss right? uh, that that just refuses to let you think. Mm-hmm. He or she is not going to try to get into your business. Exactly. Uh, and, right. and it's unfortunate. It's also common across all businesses. It's not just the fire department. Absolutely. But having that availability to talk to someone or to go be with someone that is not directly a associated to your employment is huge. Right. Absolutely. And so, and that's the biggest thing we preach with this whole deal is that the confidentiality, I don't talk to anybody about what you're, you're wanting to talk about. This is between you and me and me only. And then I get you the appropriate resources that you need to help you combat this problem. And the the other thing is we want you to realize that, that you're not walking this, this path alone. There are lots of other people that have similar similar issues that, that we can that, that are walking this same kind of path, right? So we have tons of resources available. We can get you these resources. We can we can get you the the right clinician. We can get you the right treatment. We can get you the right place. But not only that, 
we're also the peer. We're, we are not clinicians, right? We are just people that will go and we'll have coffee with you. We can, we can sit and listen to you because a lot of times it's just somebody that you need to talk to, right? Sometimes it's just a matter of somebody that you need to pick up the phone that isn't in your household, that isn't in your firehouse, that you need to run a problem by. That, that's the whole nature of what peer support actually is. We can help you with that first step to help you to get to that resource needed to help you work through a problem, to make sure that you're aware that you're, you're not alone. And that's the biggest point of what we're trying to get across. So, so that's why we're trying to, with this whole local peer support deal, we basically have the, these two avenues, right? We've got the overall umbrella of helping the teams with the resources, vetting the clinic or vetting the clinicians, vetting the, the resources that we have, and then the actual individual peer support aspect of it, where Somebody doesn't want to reach out to somebody on their individual team. They want to reach out to somebody at the union level or the local level overall. We just help them provide a little bit more separation between their team and their their local department. They can call us directly and, and kind of help with that, assisting with the confidentiality side. Yeah, and it's not only we think about PTSD and the emergency services, we think about guts and gore and, and death and all that. There's so much more that affects a person. Oh, absolutely. And, and we're just uniquely on top of your life traumatized right. above and beyond right. with the things we deal with and what we, you know, what we see. I mean, literally sight, sound, smells. I've, I've talked before on podcasts. I am an EAP guy myself. Uh, mm-hmm. I've reached out for counseling. I've had a lot of people come to me and say, hey, man, we're worried about your drinking. And literally 35 years of drinking pretty hard over the last 10 years, vodka fuel drinking, fortunately never on a job, but I'm a year sober now. And that's, but that Which comes down awesome, to, yeah. uh, thank you. That's what comes, but it comes down to the group of people that know you better mm-hmm. uh, than you do. You right. know, oh, they, yeah. they, yeah. They, they've seen you every day and they're like, hey, this something's wrong. It's great to have a group that you can say, hey, I don't even know where to start. Right. You know, what's the first step besides me accepting this problem? And mine was alcohol. And I think a lot of people don't understand that, you know, some people drink to forget. When I would drink, it would bring every emotion out. Mm-hmm. It was really bizarre. I mean, just just outburst of crying and anger. My poor wife. I mean, the stuff she dealt with at the worst of my of my drunk, looking through the world through sober lenses for the first time in my adult life, I still hang my hat on the fact that we have peer support training at our level here and the local level, but people know how to approach people now. And they approached me. The final straw was, you know, I've been hearing this over and over again. I know I need to make a change. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for the training we go through, uh, information right. like these podcasts and stuff that give oh, us yeah. that hey, this even exists, Right. I probably would still be just drinking away on my days off right. and eventually probably drinking when I'm on duty. Well, and it's the positive of the education of it, and it's the positive of just that reaching out. And given the ability to reach out in our friends and our backstep people, our brothers and sisters, and to give that nudge where we can do that now and in the stigma that we're trying to erase, right? Yeah, stigma, that's big. And it's it's okay to have these conversations, not just with the drug and alcohol side, but just the mental illness, you know, like we talk about. It's okay to let a guy have a bad day or a bad couple days, but what we have to stop is turning that bad month or that or that bad week into that bad month into a bad couple months. Because at that point, that's when we really start having a problem we got to get the people that are falling down that rabbit hole. We got to catch them earlier, right? And that's what the the whole goal of peer support is, right? Again, we are not clinicians, 
But what the peer, the trained peer support person is able to do is to get them to that clinician, able to get them to those resources, able to get our brothers and sisters over to that help they need before something really terrible happens. So, yeah, and, and that's and what we're here for. That's, man, that's the problem. It's that teetering edge. We're always walking that knife edge yep. of one day we're good and the next day it's it's too late. Right. Uh, and it doesn't happen overnight, but it seems like it does. Yeah, like one minute everything's fine and the next minute everything is absolutely in the toilet. It's painful, but it's it's survivable. It's recoverable. When you allow yourself to be helped, it's overwhelming the amount of help that will show up on your front door, uh, quite literally it and figuratively, is, yeah. uh, that will, will will just care so much for you and make that difference in your life when you need it the most. No one wants to be sappy like that. No one wants to think this is a rom-com and, you know, we're going to have these emotional oh, yeah. swings. We, no matter how tough you are, you're the baddest guy on the fire department or the baddest you know, employee we've got, you're going to have days of darkness. Right. It's going to happen, whether right. you accept that or not is your call, but that darkness can stay with you. And over time, we have that cumulative effect psychologically that eventually it's no different than a shoulder injury that you you let go and it compounds into a a cuff tear or some type of injury. Psychologically, you build that up over and over and over over time. But the truth of the matter is just being here. Right. The go from zero to 60 in the middle of the night, all of that stuff is compounding. Yes, it's the lack of sleep. It's the our ability not to communicate and and those are the things that we have to monitor. It's like when we start shutting down, when we stop communicating with our families, when we start drinking too much. These are all these things that we we send out on our flyers and things like that. Things that we have to pay attention to. And you know, at the local level, these are and at the at the team level, you know, these are the things we try to remind our folks. You know, these are things we have to pay attention to. So we try to make ourselves more resilient to these things, right? And we we just try to educate and we try to teach and we try to get away from the the stigmas of I'm too tough for that, right? I I, I got to suck it up. I got to keep manning up. I got to keep going forward. I got to keep pushing it down. You know, Dr. Smith talks a lot about the cup, right? And we, we want to put all this stuff into the cup and eventually that cup's going to, it's going to overfill. If we don't find a way to manage and, and, and keep dumping this stuff out and effectively and process and heal and resiliently and work through things and manage ourselves, we're going to have those moments where we can't do that anymore. And we're going to have these breakdowns or we're going to have, uh, and it's going to boil over and we're going to have our problems. So we have to find ways through hobbies, through self-care, through resiliency, where we have to take care of ourselves. And that's the whole goal of this peer support program, right? Is to educate ourselves, to educate our people, to take care of our people, to, to you know, to work through these things better. So, that, and, you know, these are all, like I said, this is what the, the goal of the local is, the goal of the international, the goal of our peer support programs. It's all working together, right? Taking care of our brothers and sisters and just keeping it up. So that, that that's, you know, that's why we're here. Yeah, I think, and it's been my experience, and I think we're all guilty of this, because the job of being a firefighter at the career level is so difficult to get when something goes wrong, when someone does mm-hmm. something that gets them in trouble at work. We go out of our way to protect the job long before we try to help the person. That's, oh, yeah. prob- that's the yeah. problem. And I've seen in my 20 plus years at this fire department, people leave the fire department because we did everything we could do to protect their job, which in turn, of course, protects the family through insurance and all the benefits of being a firefighter. Right. But we ignored the root cause because we just wanted them to get better to not lose their job. Correct. And that's changed yep. dramatically, too. 
we're not chasing after someone's job to make sure it's good, although we obviously want them to keep their job mm-hmm. if they can. If we can't fix or give them the help, the job is never going to take care of itself. Right. And in the past, I think that was part of the problem is uh, how do we fix this to get them back to work as fast as we can and make right. this go away? Make it go away. Right. Yep. And, and that's the thing. And and so by working on this and by making people or getting people healthier, understanding what the root of the problem actually is, understanding that this might be an anxiety issue or a depression issue, that they're trying to self, you know, self-treat. You know, this is what this problem is. And, oh, this is where the alcohol or the substance abuse comes from is is not because they're choosing this. Nobody chooses, no. the, you know, substance abuse. No. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I want to abuse this you no. know, this drug or something like that. No. You know, we see this. It seems that way, yeah, but right. that's not but really the is, truth. That is not the case. This is, you know, this is a case of they're trying to, they're self-medicating because there's something, a brain chemistry issue or there's something, an imbalance there. And we just have to find out what that is and, and and get them, like I said, to the right clinical resources to get them better, to get them healthier for their families. And then for our family, you know, for our fire department family, right. you know, the community deserves that. And, you know, my family deserves that. So that's how I look at that. So yeah. I think it's also very important. The resources that are out there are not hard to get a hold of. It's not a complicated system anymore. Wayne Township, you have a waynefire.info, our intranet system. And our directory has all of the peer support folks' phone numbers. Anybody in the administration, if you call us and say, hey, I need help, same thing. We're just, we know what to do. I know how to get you in touch with a peer support person and get that ball rolling absolutely confidentially. I'm not going to go tell someone, hey, I talked to Tim about so-and-so. You're going to get the immediate help as fast as we possibly can get it to you and get you in contact with someone that can, of course, move that, uh, that ball forward. And I know that's a big stumbling block. So, mm-hmm. Tim, how could I get a hold of a website or what's a resource if I want to find out more about peer support or EAP? On the local 416 website, you can click on the peer support tab. We have some information there. We have the peer support Facebook page, the, the local 416 peer support Facebook page. You can find our information there. Peer support information is in the back of the local 416 helmet. There's information that we've disseminated to all of the uh, local 416 district presidents. Any local 416 district president has all of our information for the peer support teams. Each local's district has a peer support representative that is assigned to the team. You can get that information from them. So our information is out there. You can always get a hold of me at tim.gallagher at l416.com. Send me an email. I'll get you the information you need. You know, we're here to help. If you send a message to the Indy Local 416 Facebook page, I'll get you the information there as well. This information is out there. I try to make it as readily accessible as possible. We are here for you. There is no stupid question, in, in my opinion. We are here to help. Uh, we will get you the clinical resources you need. We'll get you any information you need. I've got tons of information from Dr. Smith, tons of information from Brandon Dryman, tons of information from Chief Abernathy, that we have all sorts of stuff. There is a plethora of information for folks. We, we are here for you. And folks, just as a reminder, if you're a firefighter at Wayne Township or in the local 416, this is free. 
Absolutely. This is not something yep. that you have to worry about putting on your insurance card. No. Uh, and at Wayne Township, if you're a Wayne Township firefighter or an employee of Wayne Township, your family has access to EAP, to Correct. the Employee yep. Assistance Program. If you're outside of the fire department in general, but this is something you're interested in, you want to hear more about, or you would like to look into, maybe for your company, we use Life Service EAP, and that's uh, on the web. That's lifeserviceeap.com, lifeserviceeap.com. Their 800 number is 800-822-4847, 800-822-4847. If you're a firefighter, especially at Wayne Township, get on the intranet, waynefire.info, and start clicking around. It's all right there. Very, like Tim was saying, it's basically, it says peer support, hit the hit the button and get the information. If all that's falling apart, and we don't have any electronics for some reason, but you can make a phone call, call anybody in the peer support group or anybody in the administration here at Wayne Township or the local, they will get you in the right direction. Yep. Or call me directly. Everybody has my number and I will get a hold of whatever you need. And everybody knows Tim. Tim, it's been great talking to you. Have we covered everything you want to cover today? Eric, I think we've done great today. Thank you so much for having me in here today. Uh, pleasure seeing you as always. Paul. Oh, it's been great. Thank you so very much for downloading the Daywatch podcast. It is our sincere hope that this podcast increases communication and develops greater transparency between the administration and the firefighters. If you're not a member of Wayne Township Fire Department but have a suggestion for the show, please click the Contact Us button at waynefire.org. 